The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm our co-host, Owen. And tonight we're discussing The Stand. Now, is that the one about the Alamo? <laughs> Not quite. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm thinking of a different thing. Oh, you're talking about the Stephen King uh, uh, book, right? Well, the miniseries mostly, but yeah, the book as well. Yes. All right, now, before we get too far into the episode, I'd like to give a shout, quick shout-out to our friend Black White Check for doing our original intro and outro music. Yeah, there's info... Well, yeah, I don't know how to speak tonight. Um, Their info will be in our show notes. Okay, you know, just a little hiccup, but hey, you know, we, we just roll with it. We're doing this for fun. Talking is hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the English language is one of the hardest languages, so... You know. Fair enough. It, it shows. <laughs> All right, so. Hard to believe that was my best subject in school. Yeah, you know, it wasn't so much my best subject. <laughs> if you write, told me to write an essay, I was like, um, okay, I'll go write, uh, Jose, a uh, quick little letter and everything. Write my essay. Oh. Hey, essay! <laughs> I've been to Mexico a few times. You don't know that I've made a few friends down there and you the pen pals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, but back to the actual subject matter at hand. So, since I we've both seen the TV miniseries, but you've actually read the book a long time ago. A very long time ago. That's so, why it's mostly going to be about the miniseries, because I don't... I remember the book, obviously, but like I don't remember the if, it was, if there was anything missing in the miniseries from the book, because it's been so long since I read the book. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, so I believe that gives you the title of Big Nerd today. Yeah, darn tootin'. So, okay, starting off with that little fact, um, when did you read the, um, the book? Uh, man, I probably would have been around, like, 12 or 13 when I read the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> just a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Who's counting? It's not like it was like 20-some years ago. What? No. But anyways, uh, so yeah, the, uh, now the book. Yeah. You must have been like reading that thing for days and <laughs> days because Stephen King books, like they're multi-part, usually mul- sometimes multi-part series or whatever, or they're usually like 700,000 pages. <laughs> not quite that many. Well, he has a gift for the pen, because I swear, it's like he can do, like, to credit to him, mm-hmm. he can really get you involved in, like, five pages, 
the description of a character of what they think and what they're going through mm -hmm. when they go up a single flight of stairs yeah. in like five pages. And I'm like, wow, that is a lot of detail. Like you don't get, go really far, but you go through such a story buildup of characters and plot developments in such like, you know, it's like one of these things where you think the books would only be like two, 300 pages. And I mean, sometimes they are, but he can do such a intricate and well done job. Yeah. He uh, definitely has become quite the household name for uh, being an author. Yeah. yeah. Mostly horror genre. I'm not sure if he's done anything non-horror novel-wise, but he has quite the gift for making uh, a lot of these books. Yeah, he's one of my favorite authors, for sure. So, what would you like to... Okay, so you said that, you know, you've read the book, but it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. <laughs> Wrong, wrong genre there. Plus, here. I also said it wrong. It's supposed to be a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Just in case anybody, you know, wants to, you know, come at me about that or whatever. Yeah, don't it's at like, us. It was a yeah. joke. <laughs> I purposely messed that up to, you know, make the funsy. Funsies. So, anyways, um, you were, but, so did you read the book first or watch the miniseries first? I watched the miniseries first. Okay, so when that miniseries came out, I believe it was 1994? Yeah. Okay, and how, so when did you see it? Do you know when? No, it was before I read the book. So I was maybe 11 or 12, and I'm thinking we didn't watch it on TV, although I'm not 100% sure. Um, But I think we rented it from the video store. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now... <clears throat> Probably back around, like, that time of the, you know, with technology and everything. Yeah. That must have been on VHS, right? Yeah. And those uh, VHS tapes, they probably only held, like, at most two hours. So, considering this was a miniseries and how long of a watch it probably was, it must have been, like, a two-tape set, right? Two or three tape. I don't remember. I know the DVD is two. Yeah, and DVDs have a lot more space on them and stuff, so. Yeah. There's got to be uh, quite a lot of stuff on, like quite a lot of material to watch through because i know that when we watched it it was like wow like i know um every character like it took you through how they perceived the whole story arc of good and evil and yeah there was a lot of time for character plot to develop and it wasn't just like hey here's the big bad here's the good guy and here's their clash no way here's a few little side sub characters that kind of have their story mm-hmm this went full on, like, into each and every character. Yeah. Which is really good, because it's nice to know that they didn't, uh, you know, kind of cheap out or really shaft any character. Yeah, I definitely think TV series or, mi or miniseries was the way to go with a lot of Stephen King stuff. Because it allowed for the details, the buildup of the characters, the sceneries... You got to have more of an emotional connection or at yeah. least a, in, a development in the characters yeah. versus um, where in some, like, it's the whole movie versus TV kind of thing. I remember when we watched a TV series called Scream where yeah. it was talking about the whole, the difference between a movie and a TV series was that a movie is a quick burn. Yeah. Like, you get the whole buildup and explosion of the climax and that's how it kind of goes. But the uh, difference between, like, the movie having that, you know, firecracker kind of, like, goes off and then a big 
flash and everything. Mm. TV series are more of like a slow burn kind of uh, every episode has to have their little plot build up climax. But the main tension of it keeps going on and on. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot. It's more like a like a fireplace uh, log burning yeah. versus a firework going off. And that that can make for a very difficult thing to make for a horror movie, but great for most dramas or, you know, action things where mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know. <clears throat> you can reference a lot of things, but horror just doesn't quite uh, transition that well into TV series, except for uh, uh, some of Stephen King's work because it's not one of those. Like he, I don't think he's ever written a book series, be it uh, it, The Shining. Um, well, those aren't really series; those are just single. Even single books, it's mm -hmm. like they they don't. Uh, <clears throat> I know that the movies like even the old one with tim curry as it mm -hmm. that was a two tape uh, two vhs tape movie set yeah and um <clears throat> i mean sure they did uh what was it uh carrie mm -hmm. and uh christine yeah those two were both just like one movie kind of <clears throat> little <clears throat> sorry i got a little phlegm here in my throat um, just need something to drink. Um, but anyways, uh, in like th those cases were like one movie series, but the really good ones that he's ever done could not be done right without doing multi-part movies or TV series mm -hmm. because it wasn't just the quick, like jump scare horror thing. It was a full on character development journey you went through. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one thing to say about him is that he creates a journey. He takes you to a whole other place and gets you really going. Yeah, definitely. But, uh... All right, so what's your first question you have for me about the, the stand? Well, okay, so like we said that there's a lot of characters and yeah. you get to learn about each and every one of them. Who are some of your favorite characters, good or evil? Um... I would definitely say that I really liked essentially the main cast of good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good sign. So there's Stu. Yep. Right. He's like the main protagonist. Yeah. And he's, um, when you first meet him, like he basically is hanging out with some guys at a gas station all of a sudden, this car comes barreling through, crashes, and this person is super sick. Right. Yeah, they thought he was drunk because this person was swerving all over the road yeah. and speeding. Yeah, and him and his, the guy in the car and his family are sick and, and like, dead or dying. Yeah, and wasn't it, like, the whole buildup of that was uh, this guy, even though he initiated the lockdown of this military facility. He still went and grabbed his wife and kid and... Booked it. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Like, it said that they came from, what was it, California, I think? Somewhere in California? It was a long ways because when you meet Stu, Stu's in Texas. Yeah, so it's like, let's just, even if you said he's in the southern, most southeastern part of California, to probably say the yeah, more western. central Texas. Central, even if you said western part of te Texas. I don't remember That where is still a long drive. It doesn't look big on the map, but. I think even in the book, they were reference, he was referencing it, saying it was about 1,700 miles. Yeah, I think that's what I remember. And uh, 
For those of you that uh, use kilometers, that's like over, that is well over 2,000 kilometers. Yeah. So that is. <laughs> that's like I, here to, that's like Alberta to Winnipeg. Yeah. So um, just for most people, it's like, I don't care how fuel efficient or how big of a gas tank you have on your vehicle. That guy is making stops. Yeah. And especially with a kid. Yeah. And like feeding them, changing them, yourself, uh, and not to mention sleep. You you can you don't make that drive in in a day. Yeah. So this guy was running. Yeah. And stuff, but they're sick. Then shortly afterwards, other people that were with Stu at this gas station start getting sick. And then the military shows up. Yep, and they quarantine everybody. Yeah, but it's not like the quarantine we're living through now. This no, no. is like bad. Like Stu is taken to a military facility and he is put in a room with a guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, the guinea pig. And yep. the whole like uh, idea behind that was that uh, if the guinea pigs got sick and died, that meant that that was like a surefire way of them making sure that he was sick, right? Yeah. yeah and even then they still came in with those full hazmat suits and everything and mm -hmm. they uh i think they had an armed guard there to make sure that nothing bad happened yeah so i even love the one part when he uh freaked out the guy that uh was like this like the cdc type director guy or whatever the military and just he like freaks him out and starts co fake coughing and everything mm -hmm. and he's just like oh my god get me out of here yeah and so Stu was played by gary sinise mm -hmm. uh very well known actor and he lived up to his reputation. I think he did a great job in this as well and stuff. But that's kind of where you meet Stu, right? Yeah. Then you meet uh, Franny. Franny's played by Molly Ringwald. Oh, very well-known actress. Mm-hmm. Actress. English is hard. It is. So. <laughs> and stuff. Um, and she's got Harold with her. Mm-hmm. Yes, Harold was uh her creepy neighbor. Yeah, he he's the guy that I would I would tell every guy on this planet, "Hey, not every woman is going to find you attractive. That doesn't mean you're ugly. It doesn't mean you're not a good-looking guy or you don't have something going for you. Just not you're not every woman is going to find you appealing." And that's okay. It's, yeah, you know, it's just, just because, you know, one woman, or in my case, many women, have not liked me or found me attractive, didn't mean that every woman didn't. Hey, I mean, I had people laugh at me when I told them I liked them. You know, so it's... Shit happens. Exactly. But this guy goes off his rocker, because Franny ends up liking another guy, and he just gets all... Oh, it's like, it's like, is that the first girl you've ever had a crush on, dude? I mean. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're how old and you're getting this butthurt over that? It's like, I understand being all hurt about an ex, but to go to the levels this guy does. And if she wasn't damn. even his ex. Not even. She was just a neighbor and, mm -hmm. you know, just like, just dude. Man, like, oh. Good. Yeah. We don't like Harold. No. Harold was a character that when you watch the series, you'll understand why it's like. Creep alert and just, dude, get over yourself. Life goes on. Mm -hmm. Like I said, just because every woman doesn't find you attractive doesn't mean life is horrible. Mm-hmm. And then we meet um, Larry. Larry's a musician. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And we meet Lloyd. 
Lloyd. Lloyd. Who was Lloyd again? Lloyd was a questionable person. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's what I remember. Yeah. And stuff. So, I mean, those are some of the characters. There's Nadine. She's... She's interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and some of the people we're listing off are people that maybe don't end up on the good side, and maybe they do end up on the good side, right? But these are just some of like the main characters that you meet. Then there's uh, Nick. Yes, he is the mute. Yeah, I don't know. Speech impaired? I don't know what if mute is still an acceptable term. Uh, I, is, is it really offensive to say someone's mute? Because I think it's just saying that they can't speak. I have no idea. But anyways, if if anyone, you know, if, if that's an offensive term, we apologize. I we believe that's really what they know. were using in the... The, the miniseries. Yeah, because there was some people referring to Nick as being a mute. Now, people weren't really making fun of him for being a mute. They were just like, oh, he has to write down everything he wants to say because yeah. he can't talk. Exactly. And I know in real life, I've, I've come across people who can't speak. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I worked at the mall in uh, New, York, New York Fries years ago, um, I had someone who came to the till... And they were trying to point out what they were wanting. And I'm short. <laughs> and so that made that board even higher for me. And I couldn't quite figure out what they were trying to point out. So I just grabbed like a paper and pen. And I was just like, oh, if you could write it down, that would help me out immensely. And they just wrote down what they wanted, like a poutine, a Coke Medium or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pepsi, I guess. And yeah. No, that's really awesome. Yeah, so... And whatnot, but Nick is played by Rob Lowe. Mm. And again, he does a really good job. Yeah. And then, of course, there was Tom Cullen. Yes. He was uh, an interesting character. He was the sweetest soul. Yeah. Even though he is, by what most people would consider, uh, a bit of a, uh, a bit of an idiot. Because, well, I don't know. I don't know how a nice way to describe it, but. Like, here's an example. It's like, when you first meet him kind of thing, he's like, uh, he says like, yeah, M-O-O-N, that spells moon. And you're just like, oh, you know, okay. So maybe he's just learning impaired or something. Yeah. And then he's like, is like, oh, yeah, we're going to Utah. M-O-O-N, that spells Utah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you're just such a happy-go-lucky nice guy. Oh, he was so nice. I but him. it's just like, yeah, no, nobody tell him that that doesn't spell Utah or something. <laughs> like, He'll learn. He'll, he'll learn. I mean, he's probably in his mid-late 20s and everything, but he's just the nicest guy where it's like, you know, six foot something, like six foot six, like almost 300 pounds of muscle and everything. And so it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. he, was, he, was, he was the definition of the term gentle giant. Mm-hmm. So it's like the whole big people scaring or big tall people scaring you. And then you got Tom Collins and it's like, see... Not everybody big and tall is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, they might be imposing kind of thing, but he was such a nice guy. Just because you're like five foot nothing doesn't mean that everybody taller than you is somebody to be afraid of. I know that. So I've just had people who are like six feet tall chase me around 
I know. threatening me. So. I know. Yeah, it's, uh, again, like, not every tall person is a nice person, but not every tall person is a mean person. That happened at a job. Every, you know, everybody's different. And yeah. going by the whole, someone's height determines their No, I don't do that. That's, like, that's heightism. Exactly. And I am 4'11", so I got no room to talk about height. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so getting back to... I think it's more funny to compliment you by saying you're five foot nothing versus four foot eleven. It makes you one inch taller, and it just sounds funnier. Five Aww, foot nothing. I appreciate it. Mm. You're so sweet. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but, but yeah, so essentially, what happens is the sickness kind of takes over the world, mm -hmm. and they call it Captain Trips. Did they ever say why they called it Captain Trips? I don't remember if they did. Maybe in the book it had some reference in it, but I don't it... remember. It was that was <clears throat> we're going on like twenty something years ago, and I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> just just move on. Just move on. Let's pretend. Blah, blah. But yeah, <clears throat> I do remember in the miniseries that it was like I think the first like half an hour to forty five minutes, the uh, it was showing the world falling apart with like because this virus thing that was going on that no one could figure out yeah. was wiping out ninety nine percent of the world's population. Yes. And when you think about a 99% fatality rate... That's that it, terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the whole... You start getting the sniffles, it's... You're, you might as well just go find a ditch or you crawl... Hop into a coffin or something. Save save people the time. Because it's... Yeah. Uh, to all credit, you know, medical staff, and especially nowadays, it's like, you oh. know, fighting so hard to keep people alive. And it's... I can imagine how draining... Uh, stuff like that must be. I've said it before and I'll say it again. No offense to athletes because, you know, that is providing an entertainment. However, I think doctors and nurses and paramedics should be the ones that are making like the millions of dollars and getting like the best uh, benefits and treatments of things. Yeah, because without them, we would be like in a lot worse shape. <laughs> absolutely. And we definitely appreciate and respect all medical people out there for I their can, hard work and their dedication. I can guarantee you I would not have made it to my teen years if it wasn't for well-trained medical physicians. Mm -hmm. So just goes to show that it's like the whole, hey, you know, I like watching hockey or football or something like that. But watching, uh, but knowing that uh, some doctor, doctors and nurses don't get the respect that they deserve. It's kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But anyways, back to the thing. So, yeah, we're, you're calling it, it was Captain Trips, and like it only talked about it for, like, half an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, and stuff, because by then, most of the population of the world is dead. Yeah. Right, so now the survivors are having these dreams. The people who are immune, like Stu and Franny and them. And I gotta say, there was, those were some trippy dreams. I mean, this was 1994's, like, probably, you know, pretty decent, like, graphics and uh, uh, scenes and that they could do and everything. Mm -hmm. But there was, it, it, sometimes it's the simplicity of things, like the whole running through a corn maze. Because mm -hmm. some people would have dreams of, what was it, uh, Mama Murphy? No. <laughs> No, this isn't Fallout. It was Mama Abigail. <laughs> oh. Mother Abigail. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, you know, old uh, mythical or mystical oracle type women all kind of, you know, blend in together kind of thing. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, you know. 
if you see them, you recognize them, but eh, the names kind of probably don't stick to me that well. Mm-hmm. But anywho, uh, yeah, so anyways, Mother Abigail. Yes. Uh, she uh, appears to some people. Yes, and but... she's like the loveliest little old lady. And she's just like, you come see me in Boulder, Colorado. Right. Yep. And stuff, and we don't know why. Now, just a heads up to people. There is, she does talk about God. Yeah. Right. But not any particular religion, just God. Yeah. Just like, I don't know why, but God told me that you needed to come here. Like, when, when some of the people started arriving, like, she's like, oh, you're Stu. Yeah, it's like, she like they've never seen her before except for in the dreams. And she knows everybody by face and knows that they're good people or bad people. Yeah, like, she can suss out kind of the people that are not... Wasn't there even a bad person that came in one of the groups and she was just like, oh, there's something wrong with you. And yeah, she was just, uh, one of the people was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, you're just a crazy old lady. And it's like, ah, is she, though? And stuff. So some people are having dreams about Mother Abigail and going to Boulder, Colorado. Other people are having dreams about the quote unquote dark man. Which I think is a good way to describe it because... Even though they do show him as, like, a shadowy person with, like, glowing... Was it red eyes? Yeah. In the beginning, it's like... Now, you could say that... And I know in some cultures that uh, they've referred to, like, you know, a devil figure, devil person kind of thing. That they would refer to them as the black man or the black person kind of thing. That's that's a cultural reference in some... Uh, nationalities that i know of where the like that's not reference to skin tone that is to say that they are a demonic essence not that oh it's... i've only ever heard it referred to as dark so you just taught me something new yeah no it's one of those things that i heard about where it's actually uh in some cases where uh some people in uh the, the states anyways were trying to say that uh, they were being attacked by you know somebody that was like kind of like a evil essence to them kind of thing and they were trying to explain to the police, but because they were immigrants and they came from somewhere from in Africa, uh-huh. but because they didn't, you know, it was like they just... English was their second language. Yeah, so they didn't really know. And, of course, they just know that it was like, well, black is kind of referring to dark, evil, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hoodoo type kind of stuff or whatever you want to refer to it as. So, of course, it was like, well, it was kind of interesting that they went with, like, you know, to kind of not step on any toes or not upset anybody. They, uh, Stephen King referred to this, the evil guy, as the dark man. Yeah. Because he's the darkness. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, like like I was saying, a lot of times I've just heard of it as, like, the dark, or dark forces, or whatever. So, I guess maybe that's, like, a, a regional thing, or something like that. But, um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, he referred to it as the, the dark man. Yeah. And you eventually learn that the dark man's name is Randall Flagg. Mm-hmm. Just so. another, no offense to the Randalls out there. We've got a Randall <laughs> listening. But Randalls in cinema are not always the nicest people. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because we've got Randall Flagg. And we've got Randall from Monsters, Inc. Yep. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Randalls get a bad rap. <laughs> they do. Unfortunately, it's kind of one of those cases of uh, typecasting, but... Just for the name. Yeah. 
So if there's a Randall out there, it's a nice person, and I'm sure there's plenty. We are not taking digs at you. It's just in the movie world, as soon as someone's named Randall, it's kind of like, I got my eye on you. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so some people are dreaming about the Dark Man, a.k.a. Randall Flagg. Yeah, and I gotta say, those were some, like, those would be very strong nightmare fuel to kind of have some of those the dark man you know tempting people with you know whatever desires that they might have mm -hmm. so essentially he's just the same as mother abigail is kind of compelling people to come to boulder colorado uh flag is compelling people to go to vegas and essentially what's going to end up happening is a showdown between good and evil. You know, the classic, uh, you know, climactic battle. Exactly. Yeah. So that's some of the characters and a little bit of the plot. Yeah. So well, what, what about you? What are your, some of your favorite characters? Um, okay. So there was a character who kind of started off with uh he was a like I, I okay i like this guy because of how chaotic evil he was like he mm -hmm. just like what was that guy's um uh the actor's name was matt uh, i think i'm saying this right uh frewer yeah f-r-e-w-e-r uh, yeah i think he was only ever credited as trash can man at yeah. least in the miniseries. I don't remember if he actually had a name in the book. Mm -hmm. But he was... He was chaotic evil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he actually... Like, he set a whole oil refinery on fire. Yeah. Just because, you know, watch the world burn. Yep. And the crazy thing to me about all of that uh, premise and everything that made that really entertaining was that... Um, so you had, um, what was his name? Randall mm -hmm. or the dark man. Uh, he was like the lawful evil. Yeah. The whole, he has a plan. This is what he's going to do. This is what he's going to bring in. He's going to let chaos reign, but he is going to be the one pulling all the strings of everything. So when something goes down or something happens that that's kind of, uh, uh, methodical or, or organized, he's the puppeteer. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of cool to have such a <clears throat> powerful uh, scheming person being the leader of the uh, evil force. Mm -hmm. And then having this trash can man who his journey to Vegas was a very slow one. I don't think he got there till much later than most people did. Mm -hmm. But man, was he just all kinds of bat crap crazy. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, it's just it was so entertaining because you have the one guy who you're like, okay, if he's this kind of methodical planned out uh, Randall guy doing all this stuff, mm -hmm. you kind of know what to expect. You kind of like, oh, well, you know, they're arming themselves. They're getting ready to fight. They're going to try to take us out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the trash can man where it's like, you have no idea what he's going to do. He could, you know, do something completely harmless or he could 
I don't know, let's say grab uh, a couple cruise missiles and fire them off at the mountainside that you're living next to. Yep. I mean, just whatever he might do, it's just whatever kind of comes to his mind. He just has no rhyme or reason. Yeah, exactly. So that was like one of my favorite characters because he introduced a spice into the pot. Mm-hmm. And then I got to say, yeah, is the whole having that Nick and uh, Tom... Tom combo because like when they when they were told to go to uh boulder colorado or mm-hmm. yeah boulder colorado they were um uh they both of them were kind of like well you know we were both nice people and you know let's stay together because we got each other's backs mm-hmm. and it kind of helped them uh you know i guess you could say survive a little better and stuff because they did come across uh, Some not so nice people. Yeah, and even one crazy chick who uh, had a gun. Oh yeah, and things got a little sketchy, and it was just like, uh oh. I honestly thought that Nick or Tom there was gonna meet their end for a hot second, and mm-hmm. think she shot at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I won't say if she hit them or uh, you know if what if anything went uh, wrong after that, but ooh, she was. I believe she was a redhead, wasn't she? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, them crazy redheads. <laughs> yeah, and then they get a gun, just run for it. <laughs> Why do you think I don't have one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I gave you a gun once and you shot me with it. That was a airsoft gun and you told me to shoot you with it. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> hey, I wanted to build the background story of, like, you shot me. I like, did shoot you, but you told me to shoot you with that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and... Also, funny note, the first shot missed. <laughs> it did. I'm not a good aim. <laughs> no. So I know if I were ever to like do paintball or anything with you, I basically could just walk out in the middle of the field and be like, oh, there you are. Bam, shoot you. Because you, fi- you will hit everything around me before you hit me probably. And that's trying to aim. I've always said if we end up in a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to need a spray and pray weapon. <laughs> or a shotgun. Something where it's you don't hit dead on you just hit the general vicinity exactly so good yeah so that's always good to know your uh where where your particular strengths are and weaknesses <coughs> exactly so um but yeah that's uh i would say some of my favorite characters i mean obviously Stu's a really good character because mm-hmm. i definitely like that uh like most of the times people like to see themselves as the protagonist there were a couple other side characters um a lot of the times where it was like, even when the, the good guys had to make a couple hard moral decisions, it wasn't really that it was like, ah, oh, you hate anybody for the decisions that they made. It was just the situation that the bad guys forced them into. Yeah. So it made for definitely a great series to watch in that regard. Absolutely. And part of the reason why we're doing this recording mm-hmm. is because Amazon Prime has remade The Stand. Yes. And we are both so excited to watch it. Yes. It has some really, really good actors in it. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. She's playing um, Mother Abigail. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to remember the name of the character. Is it it Mother Abigail? Because I honestly was like, oh, uh, wait, not not Mama. Is it Mother (laughs) or Mama? And it's like, and then Abigail, Agnes. uh, It starts with an A. Help me out here. (laughs) I mean, you've always been bad with names, so it's not... No, you know, you <laughs> yes. got strengths elsewhere, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it's definitely a skill I need to work on with the whole remembering people's names. Yeah, you know, whatever. You just called me Melissa the first time we met. It's no big deal. 
Did I? No. I'm just bugging you. Well, you you got my name right. <laughs> I mean, you could have strong-armed me with that one. You could have I... said that, and I would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I mean, I've had enough people call me Melissa that, I mean, I'm... If I wasn't named Michelle, Melissa is probably what it should have been. <laughs> but, close uh, enough. Yes, it's close enough. You can call me anything. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, Usually uh, you're the one telling me to cook dinner. <laughs> do I tell you or do I ask you nicely? Bit of both. <laughs> Depends are... on if I'm hangry or not. Yes, when you're hangry, it is uh, not so nice. <laughs> like most people. What? I'm saying like most people. I'm just saying you're like most, you're like the majority of the people out there that when they get hungry, they get hangry. I think I still say please, though. It's just, and maybe I'm not like, hey, babe, are you getting hungry? Can you please make food? It's more of like, can you please make some food? I'm very hungry. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I really wish I could record you when you get hangry so that you could hear you just and gotta see. Keep... You gotta keep Snicker bars handy. <laughs> Michelle, Here, eat a Snicker. Yeah, you're, you're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm someone else. Damn it. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know I love you. <laughs> oh jeez. But uh, anyway, um, and then James Marsden, mm -hmm. who I haven't seen a lot from actually since he was in that Disney movie, <sighs> Enchanted. Oh, okay. It's the last thing I remember seeing him in. But, I mean, he could have been in other things because, like, we don't have cable and yeah. whatever, right? And, I mean, it's one of those things. There's so many, like, this is this is one of the great things, but also one of the bad things about so many production companies for making movies, TV mm -hmm. series, and uh, miniseries, or whatever you want to call them, is that in regards to, uh, like... I can, there's Netflix, Hulu, HBO Plus or something like that, uh, or HBO Max, Disney Plus, um, Apple I mean, TV. Apple TV, I know there's YouTube Prime, they, I think they might have a few exclusive things on there, I'm yeah. pretty sure anyways, uh, there's all these different uh, streaming services and stuff where you, you know, you can watch different things, but they're putting out so much content, it's that... He could have been in many things, but maybe we just haven't seen him. Like, I know we don't have Apple TV, so we can't see that Greyhound with uh, one of our favorite actors, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I want to watch that movie, but I don't want to get an Apple TV just for one movie. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, we don't have... I know down in the States they have certain bundles, but we don't really have bundles here in Canada. So, yeah, if we want to get like something that's on like apple tv we have to like subscribe, subscribe to specifically to apple tv and then if we want to get something on crave we have to specifically you know so it just becomes like really expensive so we kind of pick and choose like i know right now in our household we've got netflix amazon prime and disney plus and youtube obviously and well, yeah just regular youtube yeah not youtube prime so oh and we've got shutter Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, horror movies, like... Come on. Can't, you can't not have the horror movie one. <laughs> exactly. And stuff. But, yeah. So, anyway, we're super excited to watch this. We haven't seen it yet. But we thought we would talk a little bit about the original, like, 1994 miniseries. Yeah. And just uh, how... Because I know you said you've read the book a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But you were also telling me that 
because it was done in a TV miniseries and there was such a character development that it didn't really stray too far away from uh, the book too much. Yeah. Which I is really accrediting how well the, they paid, uh, what is it? Homage. Homage to the uh, author, Stephen King. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Bit of a brain fart there? Yeah, I don't... Oh, yeah, so we decided we would record this episode, and then once we've seen the Amazon Prime one, then we'll kind of do, like, a comparison. Mm-hmm. Talk about the things we liked that they did, the things we didn't like, because, I mean... The 1994 miniseries is really good, and it still holds up for the most part. Some of the special effects in it are a little dated and a little makes it look a little cheesy, but... Well, you gotta think, that was like about 27 years ago now. Yeah, so obviously things have come a long way. So, we're super excited to see it, and once we've seen it, we will definitely record an episode about it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I can imagine, like, 27 years from now... Like, they'll, I can only imagine how amazing or incredible uh, movies or things might get. Mm -hmm. It might be commonplace to have, uh, you know, 3D projectors in the house. And it's not you're looking at a screen, you're looking at a whole, like, 360 environment. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know how to describe, like, I mean, there's all kinds of developments that might be really interesting. Yeah, who knows? It might even be like a holographic yeah. thing. Yeah, and that that's something where it's uh, you maybe creating slight smells. Like, I know that I've heard people talk about it back when I was a kid. It was like the idea of smell immersing vision. you. Yeah, you know, the whole smell-o-vision thing where it's like immersing you with like the smells of things. And I mean, for in some cases, hey, it'd be nice to probably, you know, smell uh, the forest or whatever in... Uh, the uh, Twilight series, mm-hmm. you know, because all those pine trees and everything and the crisp mountain air, having a scent like that come in. Yeah. However, maybe not in horror movies, that would be such a good thing. Or like The Walking Dead. You don't want smell vision. No. <laughs> there, there are some smells you do not want to experience. No. Nope. So that's where it's kind of like, a, oh, that's a, nice, nice, a neat idea, but how do you not make your house reek like something? Well, and especially like as somebody who has smelt a dead body. Yes. You don't want to be watching The Walking Dead or, like, even this, where Mm -hmm. there are so many people who have died. Yeah. You you don't want that smell. Especially, like, like when people start getting sick and they start uh, having this bile come out of their face and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. they were, yeah, it was like they cough up and it was just, and it was like, Like, you could almost smell it just by seeing it, and it's just gross. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, in that regards, like, it's one of those, obviously, like we said, it's watching it for the times, yeah. really good. Watching it nowadays, it's a little bit on the dated side for, uh, like, visual graphics and stuff, but yeah. that's not a slight against it. Like, it's no. obviously, uh, they did the best that they could with what they had, but the plot of the story, the development of characters, and, I mean, yeah, like, obviously, because it was using technology from the time like to reference the time yeah like how computers and cell phones and everything like were very limited and stuff yeah so it made for a great watch so to see how they do with something 27 years later yeah and they're kind of using this 
Uh, it's going to feel a little topical with uh, current world events. Yeah. But I have a feeling that it's not really going to touch on uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Um, but yeah, one thing I definitely would like to kind of touch on is I'm hoping it's not like a carbon copy too much of uh, the 1994 series. Yeah, I don't want it to be exactly the same because then I might as well just pop in... The 1994 one. Yeah. Right? Because the 1994 one, like I said, aside from some of the graphics, like, it holds up story-wise. It holds up the actors, you know, they, who were in it. They did a great job and stuff. So you don't need to remake it in that sense. And I kind of hate when movies do that, right? When they almost make, like, a carbon copy of... um Any series. Yeah, or, like, the, an original movie. And I've seen that a few times. Um, I'm trying what? to think. There was one. When a Stranger Calls? Or did that one? No, that, no, one... that one was very different. Um, oh, what's that? Psycho. But I don't remember who directed the newer one. Okay. But he did it like that way. Where he wanted to make an almost carbon copy of the original. Because Alfred Hitchcock had done such a good job. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's the thing. It's like there's somebody creating a groundbreaking revolution, like something that broke the mold yeah. for the time. It's like that's one thing that made it so so groundbreaking. But if you just do a carbon copy of it <clears throat> uh, a few decades later, it yes, it, it, updates it loses. It, well, it updates it for the audience, especially something like that where Hitchcock, he filmed it in black and white and this one was filmed in color. Yeah. But you might as well, if it's going to be a carbon copy, just go watch the original. Yeah, absolutely. At that point, right? And that's not taking away from, like, Vince Vaughn. No. In the newer Psycho. No. Uh, or Anne Hatch. Hatch? Hatch. I'm sorry. I don't quite know how to pronounce her last name, but she's a great actress. <laughs> so I apologize because I know I probably butchered her last name. Um, and it's not taking away from them. But it's just you might as well go back and watch, like, uh... Watch the original Psycho? Yeah, I'm trying to think of... All I can think of is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Oh. Janet, Janet Lee? I think that was her name, Janet Lee, or Jan... Yeah. Yeah. And see, I'm thinking of, uh... Now, on that same note... Yeah. Uh, with making too much of a duplicate of the classic uh, kind of like um, groundbreaking masterpiece that was Psycho or something. Uh -huh. Then you've got some series that just delve too far away, too hard. Yeah. Like, um, obviously, like I said, When a Stranger Calls. The original one from what uh, my mom had told me was such a horrifying movie because there was no uh how to put it but uh yeah the thing that made that movie so scary was how undeveloped technology phone technology was mm -hmm. and this guy being uh you know psycho and scaring this babysitter yeah and everything going on and spoiler alert killing the kids and leaving a mess in the bedroom and in the new one the house has these motion sensor lights and the cell phone technology was so advanced that she didn't 
It wasn't there's the landline ringing and everything. It was her cell phone. Mm -hmm. Like it just it didn't. It it was one of those things where it's like, uh, I can they they tried, but the problem was is that it was one of those things you could only do once uh, at a certain point with technology. No, they still could have done it, but they needed to get rid of the cell phone and all the extra technology. It needed to be like a house so far out in the boonies that its cell phones weren't working. The only thing yeah, that worked like, was landlines. Yeah, and stuff, right? But that's not what it was. Yeah, and stuff. Um, cause I'm pretty sure. Did I show you the original When a Stranger Calls? Cause I know I own it, but I know we watched When a Stranger Calls too. Or again. Um, have we? Yes. Because that was the movie that for years I was trying to figure out what the movie was because I saw it when I was a kid and it freaked the shit out of me uh, because he painted himself oh, okay. into the background of oh. this like brick wall. Oh, okay. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did see that yeah, one. Yeah. And I scared the shit out of me and I don't remember. I was talking about it at work one day and uh. A lady that I work with, she knows quite a bit about movies as well. And so she was rattling off a few. And I was like, no, it's not that. No, it's not that. And then I, I had tried Googling it before. But I went outside on my break and I Googled it. And instantly, like I typed in the thing I always type in, which is guy blends himself into wall horror movie. And up popped when a stranger calls again. And I'm like, holy shit. And then we found it on Amazon Prime. Right. Yes. Yes. So, <clears throat> but, but I don't. I've never seen the original "When a Stranger Calls." Well, uh, you will have. I will make sure you see that because I own it, and it is a very good movie. But that's like the perfect example of well, you might as well go watch the original because no offense to the, again to the cast of "When a Stranger Calls," the newer one, the remake. But it's one of those the original kind of had the elements that were needed to make this a good scary movie yeah versus uh it just didn't it didn't pack the same punch yeah so i'm really hoping that with this they i'm okay if they change some things you know yeah make it more uh, for the times like exact event type thing and stuff and make it more like yeah people have cell phones now you know people have this and that that's fine but don't go changing the essence of it I would say. Yeah. It's like um, when I was, I, I went, uh, when that movie that was coming out, Ready Player One. Yeah. And uh, I read through the book and me and my best friend went and saw that movie. And I got to say, it was one of those things where the book, it was, I don't want to sound like one of those guys where it's like the book was better. <laughs> it was just, the book had some plot points that I felt should have been implemented in the movie. But there were a lot of points that they came up with and created for, like, in that movie that weren't in the book. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, hey, because the book was written several years before the movie was thought of. Mm -hmm. And there were some, like, there was some great stuff in that movie because it, you know, it, it had more of a visual stimulation and had some great uh, nerd culture stuff. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, you, it, it took, uh, it didn't take away the full essence of the book in a way, but it, it like it muddied like, it. Yeah, exactly. It just, it wasn't close enough where it was like, oh, hey, you know, if you like the movie, you'll love the book. Or if you like the book, you'll love the movie. It's yeah. like each one, it just felt only close enough to mm -hmm. say that they were a part of each other. 
that yeah. is like yeah i mean obviously there was enough that it was like it still was like similar to the book but there was just points that were kind of like eh, not mm -hmm. close but not quite on the mark yeah that's fair so that's what we're hoping for with this new the stand remake is that it doesn't go so far off the mark trying to be edgy or have so many people trying to throw their creative differences in and muddies it up yeah so you know just uh we're cautiously optimistic yes definitely so we'll definitely uh be sure to uh you know do another episode once we get through it yeah how many, I'm not even sure how many episodes it is, and uh, I would be willing to bet that probably each episode is kind of around the 45-minute to an hour mark. So <clears throat> it might be a little while before we do another episode for that, but mm -hmm. we are definitely excited to, um, you know, watch it, give our insights on it and everything. Yeah. And, yeah, just before we go, though, or, you know, finish this episode up, what would uh, you say your big takeaway or big inspiration from the stand was, be it the movie or the book? Mm, that good conquers all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, not, that's, you know, it's good to have a positive uh, approach to it and everything. Yeah. Um, what about you? Uh, <clears throat> probably... Something along the lines of just because not uh, things fall apart doesn't mean you should give up on your humanity. Exactly. That's a good one. Yeah, just because the difference between being a monster and being a human is like when, when good has to fight, they kind of have to become as strong or as powerful as the evil that they're facing. But the difference between the good and the evil is the good can return back to the, you know, semblance of a, a normal person. Like, they can be compassionate, caring, and understanding. They keep where, their humanity. Exactly. Whereas the evil people, it's kind of like, oh, it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to keep being this a-hole and keep seeking power and mm -hmm. trying to destroy everything or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, to me, that's... That's kind of been a, a big takeaway for, especially from series like that, where it's mm -hmm. the whole climactic showdown between good and evil. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's a good spot to wrap it on, uh, wrap it up at. Yep, I think so. Um, really quick, I'll give my recommendation for the week. Absolutely. Uh, so last week we talked about BuzzFeed yep. a little bit, and we talked about the Watcher Network with Ryan and Shane. This week, we've got another person affiliated with BuzzFeed. Yep. Her name is Kelsey Impeachishme. Impeachish K. Oh. Impeachishme is her Sims. Oh, I think, okay. Last name or vice versa. Either way, Kelsey is awesome. <laughs> yes. And she right now is just working for BuzzFeed on finishing up a uh, 100 baby challenge. It's been over 2 years in the making. It is awesome. That is a long challenge. It is. And it's hilarious. And literally the episode I just watched was like Baby 99. So. And I know for sure that uh, when we do, uh, when I build my own computer and uh, we get it up and running, uh, I know you are definitely going to want to try the 100 Baby Challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So it is uh, a really good um, play uh, kind of playlist that she's got going on. Yeah. And there are some really like horrifying moments that happen, really funny moments. Yes. And she also does Scared Buddies yes. with some other people on that channel. Plus, she has her own YouTube channel. Just under Kelsey Impeach. I can't. Impeachish May? Impeachish K? Yeah, but I'm sure if you look up BuzzFeed Multiplayer, you'll come across her and then you'll be able to find other things for her. Absolutely. So definitely recommend checking her out because she is awesome. All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for tuning in. And remember, no matter what your thing is or what you're into, at the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy.